At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. This is the second part of last week's interview with Mike Monahan. We talk about the beauty and ugliness of social media, how to deal with that, practical lighting tips, and much more. Please enjoy. Speaking of hustling hard and producing pictures, I see your photos in my feed very often, which to me is a joy, and I'm sure it's a joy for the rest of your followers. But I can imagine that it's stressful at times because you have to constantly produce content. And what is the experience like for you? Do you sometimes feel forced to post pictures just for the sake of it? And how do you give yourself breaks without losing touch with your followers? Uh, yes, I feel very forced, <laughs> especially in this day and age of social media. And yeah, um, nowadays it's really hard because I will go weeks without even opening my Instagram or I mean, I'll open it, but I won't post. I won't comment. I won't like anything. I won't really look at much. I might just like check it and then turn it right off and then kind of pretend to forget about Instagram for a little bit. Um, I do feel like because I'm doing that, I'm kind of shooting myself in the foot because I know the way the algorithms and everything work. You have to be constantly active, constantly posting um, mm. to be seen and I don't always have the mental energy for that because a lot of the time, at least these days, sometimes I feel like it's just for nothing because of the way the algorithms work. I could post a photo that five years ago I posted that was getting 5,000 likes on my Instagram and today I posted it, it gets 100 likes because the way everything is choked. Um, so that's really just discouraging, to be honest, to make me want to post if I'm not going to get anything from it why should I post? I know that's really kind of selfish sounding, but it makes sense at the same time. And I don't know if that does to you, but 
I don't know if you've had that experience either where you're not getting as much activity on your Instagram like you used to, or even any social media in general. Social media these days to me is, is very, it's a touchy subject. It's great to connect with people, but it's been used as tools for poor management <laughs> in, yeah. a, in a lot of things. And I don't necessarily love the way the Instagram culture has become, how it's all mm-hmm. for likes and how a lot of people's content just looks exactly the same. And, but everybody's, hustling <laughs> and i'm not i don't know um th- that's a tough question for me because i it's a daily battle in my head of oh you should post something and then i go and open my catalog of 15 years worth of photography and i also get overwhelmed by what i have to post because there is so much and then i can get a little lost on what i want to post because i don't know if i need to follow some aesthetic or some theme or if i post something that isn't a beautiful woman in beautiful light and maybe it's a guy in moody shadows i might not get anything for that it's really weird i I know what my audience likes on instagram and it might not necessarily be what i want to post yeah Uh, if that and that's something i think a lot of people can relate to um i shouldn't necessarily be listening to my audience but my audience also helped me get to where i am so there is something about that but Yeah, I don't know. It. I do feel the pressure. Yes. Um, I don't really still know how to address it because it's something I, like I said, I, bat- I battle with every day. Mm-hmm. And like right now, I haven't probably posted in over a week. Um, I, I mean, especially with, with all of the um, Black Lives Matter movement, everything, a lot of people took to that. And I also am one of those individuals and my feed became very much that. And I fully support that. And I think maybe in the future, I'm not going to necessarily worry. I'm trying to not necessarily worry about what my audience wants and more posting about what I want, especially if it's a message that I truly believe in, like the Black Lives Matter movement and Mm -hmm. um, other things. And it's really interesting because when I do post things like that, my follower count drops pretty fast, um, especially in the last few weeks, which is sad to say um Mm -hmm. if they're unfollowing me over a a topic that i truly believe in like black lives matter um but then if i do post say a couple of photos of guys in a row i lose photos or followers there and i don't care if i lose followers you can leave if you want (laughs) it's just it also does get to you a little bit when you go is this work got not good because i'm losing followers or what and i know it probably because it's just not the subject matter they want to see but it can get to your head a little bit and so it can mess with the psychological system of wanting to post at all <laughs> i don't want to post a photo of a guy if it's gonna lose, lose followers or not get more than five likes even if it's a guy in the same kind of lighting uh, i shot a, a beautiful woman and it's odd it's so odd. There's a lot going on in the world and the audiences and my audience. And it's interesting to see. And I don't really know how to feel about it sometimes. Yeah, it's I don't know if that answers that one either. That's just kind of a very all over the place answer. No, I really, really love your answer. And I have a lot of things to address in that answer that I think are important. This is an important topic to discuss because we, I mean, I really appreciate your honesty because you just kind of, yeah bluntly answered my question which I really like because it's I feel exactly the same way about social media and uh you you mentioned briefly if I had the same experience as you do and definitely for me it's also a daily struggle and I have like yeah. 100 followers I have no followers at all and even I struggle with <laughs> well I mean so let's take that and flip it to you have a bunch on 500 px do you have yeah. the pressure to post there because you have so many followers is the yep. number what's making you feel the pressure? And that's something interesting to think about. Um, yeah. I have a big number on mine. I have over 18,000. 
Mm-hmm. I'm pretty um, put off by that number because it's staggering. That's a lot of people that look at my work. Mm-hmm. But then, but then, are eighteen thousand people actually seeing the work? There's so many factors here, yes. and are eighteen thousand people following me for the same reason? No, um, but it makes me feel like there is a pressure to that number got there for a reason because I posted and I need to continue to post so they can. I don't know. It's it's a, such a thing. So go on and what would say what you're going to say? I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Well, that's totally fine. No, you're supporting the conversation. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I mean, you did uh, change my perspective there. With 500px, though, I feel like it's not as much pressure because I know that the community is exclusively photographers. So it's a different yeah. dynamic there, for sure. And sure, right now, I've noticed that they're changing the design a bit. So the user interface is more focused on the uh, the quality of the pictures rather than the likes. Like, it's harder to find the amount of likes for each photograph. And at first, that kind of put me off, to be honest, because I do like looking at numbers. But I do too. yeah, but honestly, right now, it's kind of changing the way I look at my photography in general, because it does have this psychological effect on you where you feel like you need to achieve a certain amount of likes because that will validate your work and it will right. help you get more opportunities of course that's something that is in the back of everyone's mind even if they admit or if they don't admit it i mean i don't like right. to admit but it is there for sure for me as well where i compare myself to other people but i think the struggle for me mainly is on uh, instagram actually because instagram is the platform right now right yeah. i mean tiktok yeah. instagram but for photographers tiktok um, instagram is very much a thing because it's it's how you get a lot of opportunities. It's how you get sponsors. If you're an influencer specifically, you know what it's like. I mean, you know the vibe. Yeah. So oh, yeah. it's definitely, um, for me though, I'm trying to, first of all, spend less time on social media. I know that's a horrible thing to say, especially if you're working. No, no, that's kind of what I was implying earlier is that I, when I look at it, I'm, I'm finding that I'm not spending any time and I'm getting off and I'm not looking at it at all. So yeah, it's, it's okay that we are doing that. It's completely okay. Exactly. And why should we live in a culture where it's shameful to say that you're spending less time on social media? I mean, we have to consider that as well. Like, why should that be a thing yeah. that we have to apologize for? When um, there's a real life out there. There's <laughs> <laughs> a real life. I've been reading a lot of articles about spending less time on social media. Ultimately, you will enjoy your photography more, even if it does have an effect on your followers. But if yeah. your followers depend or rely so badly on the aesthetic of your feed are they really valuable followers absolutely that's kind of why i also said you can follow me if you you can unfollow me if you want i it doesn't matter if, if you're not following me for the right um reasons then i don't necessarily need you to be following me exactly. but then, what are the right reasons <laughs> it's such a fine line because when you're an artist there might be different reasons other people view your work and that mm-hmm. you might not be completely aware of. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think, of course, I mean, this might sound selfish, but ultimately it is your photography and your relationship with it and other people's reasons for following your work are definitely important and you have to consider them, especially if you do want to get out there commercially, but you have to make sure that you prioritize your relationship with your camera and your art. Because if you don't, then you're going to either resent social media or you're not going to spend less time taking pictures. So either way, it's kind of like a lose-lose situation, which is not ideal. So you definitely have to think about that. But my um, opinion of social media lately has been um, specifically my followers and my relationship with them. 
especially people that have been following my work for a long time, what matters to me when I post, even if I have very few followers, is how people react uh, on an emotional level. So sometimes I'll post something that gets like 10 likes. Yeah, that's definitely not ideal, but I will get a DM or a comment from someone and they'll say, thank you for posting this. Really touched my heart. I can relate to this. And that to me means the world. I mean, for me personally, yeah, it means more than taking perfect photographs uh, that look like somebody else's and getting thousands of likes. So, I mean, I'm not shading anyone. (laughs) but No, 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 no. Yeah. And a lot of the time, what really makes it for me is the reaction from the subject and the photo. That's all that matters. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the person's photograph of themselves. So why should anybody else care? Or why should I care what anybody else thinks of this beautiful photo of this said person? Their mm-hmm. reaction is all that really should matter in the moment. It is nice to hear other people's thoughts. And like we have that gift to be able to share on the internet and have other people talk to us about it. Um, so that's where, it, like you just said, it's such a fine line of where does it matter? Because, <laughs> yeah, uh, anyways, <laughs> I could go on. Yeah. No, it's uh, no. I like talking about this because I I feel like it's interesting for me to see your perspective and your followers because as your follower personally, I constantly uh, am eager to see your work and I am always happy when I see your new pictures and oftentimes, more often than not, they inspire me to get up and take pictures of my own. So to me, the relationship that I have with your photographs is on of an emotional level and I always look forward to your work in that sense so if you ever felt like you had to stop for or you know you didn't want to post as much or you were discouraged because you lost some followers or because you felt like they weren't reacting to the right pictures then I would definitely feel devastated so like from a follower's perspective I encourage you to post more because I will definitely like all of your pictures as creepy. Uh, You don't have to go on a spree you don't have to go on a liking spree I absolutely hear you and I appreciate that though that's very good perspective thank you you're welcome. Thank you, thank you. Let's let you know. <laughs> that means a lot. It does. I mean, it, it's hard. I mean, there's when you've got a number attached to it, all people almost assume that you like it and you want to to be this. And you're anytime I I meet someone in the real world that doesn't know me or anything like that. Say they ask me what I do, and I'm a photographer, and they're like, "Oh, cool. Can I see your work?" And I was like, "Yeah, here's my Instagram." And they're like, "You have eighteen thousand followers. Holy crap, you're famous!" I'm like. <laughs> No, I mean, I'm still struggling to pay my bills. <laughs> um, yeah. I've got a cat. Like, <laughs> I'm not a cool guy. <laughs> I take pictures of toys. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it, it's really interesting that people see this number and automatically assume that I've made it or or something. Mm-hmm. When I have friends that have 500,000 followers and are still in the same position that I'm in where they can barely get by, and it's just a number. Uh, it's mm-hmm. so wild that that number can mess with a viewer's mind and your own mind as the uh, actual content creator or artist or whatever you want to call yourself. Um, It's wild. It's such a psychological game that we're all playing. And I don't think any of us truly fully understand what we're doing to ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. That's why it's important to take breaks so you can actually. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's why I take long breaks and then kind of start to enjoy it again when I come back to the posting and kind of take a break again. It's a cycle. It is a cycle, yeah. Yeah, I decided to spend less time on social media, especially Instagram. I have a complicated relationship with it, as I mentioned very often. But uh, I'm a, I'm about to set those timers. I don't know if you have an iPhone, but I think you can set timer, le- like limited time you can use mm-hmm. certain things. And I think I'm about to set like 
you can only use it for like 10 minutes a day kind of thing just mm-hmm. to make sure I don't look at it at all because some days it just throws my whole day off if I see something wrong or something on social media mm-hmm. uh, on right. social media but it's like it shouldn't it shouldn't factor that much into how I feel about things exactly. it's a great tool for getting information out there but sometimes like I said earlier it gets a little mishandled and messes things up <laughs> yeah no, I agree with you completely. Yeah, it's definitely something that we need to balance and be very aware of so that it doesn't affect our mental health too much. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now on to more positive and uplifting things. Yeah. <laughs> so you have already achieved so much as an artist. What is your dream project? You've sort of addressed that a little bit with movie sets, but I'd like to know more. Uh-huh. Yeah, so... I've had, like I said earlier, I've had kind of a wild career and hearing you say that I've achieved so much, it's kind of weird to put it that way for me because I feel like I've been at that constant, like struggling to get by, but I've done a lot of cool stuff along the way. Um, very grateful for all that. Uh, but right now, I haven't really been focused on taking portraits, uh, especially with the COVID-19 situation. I, I haven't been able to. Um I'm, I was really inspired to see everybody doing the webcam photo shoots, but it was not something for me. So I didn't even attempt to try. I like to have a real camera, not a real, not saying it, the cameras aren't real cameras. I like to have my camera in the real world with my things to get my kind of effects. I, I just couldn't find a way to execute the webcam thing. Mm-hmm. So I hope that soon I'm able to start shooting again once, because like LA is kind of weird right now where lockdown is lifting, but it's not at the same time. So I don't really know. But I have spent the last few months, um, really the last year, honing in on what I really want to be doing in my career right now. I've done a lot. I've taken a lot of photos all over the world, and I still don't know what I'm ultimately going after. Mm-hmm. But I do know that when I'm with my camera in front of a monster or Godzilla or King Kong or something. And I'm smiling as I'm saying all this, that's my favorite thing. And that's what I did when I was 16 years old. And it's still to this day, the thing that gets me going the most. I love photographing the models, um, like the, the human being models, not toy models, <laughs> um, like celebrities and stuff like that. It's great. And I love taking my portraits, but I'm finding that I'm more enjoying the portraits of my monsters. Like I've always done, do like I've always enjoyed doing, and I'm starting to be able to make the connections in that world after moving to Los Angeles, and things are starting to move forward. So I'm not going to say much yet because I don't know where anything's going, but I might be on the set of something soon. Who knows? Um, there's been a couple connections made recently that I could not have imagined. Yeah, it's it's a weird situation right now. The last few weeks, a lot of information has come through about some of my favorite movie monsters and the people that make them, and they've been reaching out to me. So it's been an interesting couple of weeks, and I'm kind of focused on taking pictures of monsters right now. And that's, that's not what you'll see on my Instagram, and I understand that. <laughs> uh but what you see on my instagram i love apps i absolutely love doing and it's been what got me where i am um it's not also what my absolute passion is i love i love the connections i make with the people but i've always been the guy who likes dinosaurs and if you get me on a jurassic park movie set 
and I get to take a picture of a dinosaur there that they have built for like the practical effects. That's the dream right there. Be completely honest. I know it's not as magical as a lot of people would like to think and see, but I don't know. Something about that has always been the thing that just gets me so fired up inside. No, I personally think that's really magical and you're allowed to develop as a photographer. And as you said, that yeah. was your passion right from the start anyway. So it's yeah, not and it's something fun. I've always yeah. I've always done it too. It's never something I never stopped doing. I don't post my toy photography on my main Instagram account because like I said earlier, if I post something other than a sunset or a beautiful woman sometimes, it's um I lose followers or I, I just don't get anything or and I shouldn't let that factor, but when you have an aesthetic, you kind of do have to stick to it. So right. I have a side Instagram. I have a side Instagram for my toy photography. Oh, um, it's cool. Yeah, it's. I'll just say it out loud for everybody. It's at Mike's M I K E S dot like a period monsters, and that's it. So Mike's dot monsters, um, and you'll uh, see my toy photography. And again, like if you're looking at any of that, the thing I like to reiterate is there's not a lot of Photoshop going on here. Uh, it's kind of pretty much in camera and I'm probably only bumping the saturation or the contrast a little bit to get the, the, the photo to have that extra pop in Photoshop, but most of it's like that in camera when I'm taking it. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did, and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% of your first year as a premium member. And if I could do that with a real monster on set or a real dinosaur, I would... Not a real dinosaur, of course, but <laughs> I would be a, the 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 two year old inside of me that fell in love with Godzilla all those years ago would be screaming for joy. <laughs> oh, that's not, I'm not afraid to be the nerdy guy that I am. I mean, a lot of my work, so the crazy lighting effects, that that glowy stuff. I'm gonna say it out loud, and some people might not get it, but some people might. I was totally inspired by Dragon Ball Z growing up with that crazy fire power around their energy kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to get that to happen around my subjects to have them kind of bring out their energy. It sounds really cheesy when I say it out loud. <laughs> no, <laughs> but no, no. I feel like I figured out a way through my camera tricks and, and playing through the years to finally hone in my 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 craft to get that kind of it's to kind of get that my style. Uh, so my portraits are very much just real life Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> That's really cool. No, I think it's the coolest thing ever. I was just looking at your photos uh, of toys, and the they basically have the same aesthetic as your portraits because you're so good at recreating those light effects and anything right. that you yeah, choose. Like I said, that's where I'm kind of practicing, and then I'm taking those principles that I'm learning there and putting them onto my 
real photo shoots. Not saying my okay. toys aren't real photo shoots, but like my, the real big ones, the the yeah. real life photo. Shoots. Yeah, the human being ones. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. That, that makes a lot of sense, and I think that's something our listeners could learn from because you don't have to always practice with people if you want to improve yeah. your portrait photography. You just try out still life, anything yeah. like flowers or toys or whatever interests you, and do what anything you like. That can, mm-hmm. My thing is anything that can help you really understand and learn how to see light, because most of what's going on in my photos is yes, there's that emotion, motion kind of with the model, the connection. But also, it's the lighting. The lighting is what makes my images what they are. If I didn't know how to light like I did, I would not have the same situation. I would not be in the same situation I'm in. Light yeah. is what makes the image. I know. And the way that you work with light is astounding. I know I'm just a fangirling majorly. Right now, <laughs> no, I appreciate it. It's true. It's so good. And just the light and oh, it's so unique. But that, and some of the best stuff here, some of the best part of it for me, at least, and I don't know if most people will believe me when I say it, but it's like the lighting is cheap. I'm using maybe my iPhone flashlight for some of these photos or a red light bulb that I bought at Walmart for $2 uh, five years ago. That's like a really not good light bulb, but that's my only light source. I don't, I'm not using like strobes and lighting gear and this and that. I'm using a candle if I have it or something like that's what's going on here. Like there's not a lot. And then I have, a couple of little toys that I put in front of my lens to get this kind of pop or crazy lighting effect. But again, a lot of it's just a very simple light setup with not a lot going on. That's brilliant. I don't think I realized that when I first discovered your work, I thought you were this fancy photographer with a lot of fancy equipment. But then uh, with time, I realized that you just created in-camera effects. And now you're saying that it's also very affordable. So that's... Very impressive, and it's relatable, and I think it's encouraging for photographers listening to this because you don't need really expensive stuff to take incredible pictures. No, I don't. I truly don't believe that. I mean, a lot of times I'm posting just stuff on my Instagram story, and people are like, "Oh, what camera did you use for that?" And I say it's my iPhone Seven Plus, an old oh. iPhone, and people are like, "What?" Uh, <laughs> yeah. Seriously, it's yeah. just what you have in your pocket sometimes, and that can make the best photo you've ever taken. Uh, you just got to know what you're doing and practice. Exactly. exactly. So you mentioned that you don't use Photoshop very much. And mm-hmm. your pictures definitely have a very natural, authentic feel to them, which I really, really like. Uh, is the editing process important to you in general? Or do you try to avoid it in general? Uh, yes, it's very important to me. Like I mentioned earlier, I have a degree in graphic design, but it's more of a digital illustration uh, degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of just like making pretty things in Photoshop, not necessarily making a sign or anything like that. Um, I would take cut people out of a photo and then make them floating in space and stuff like that back when I was starting out uh, with my graphic stuff. Uh, and so I kind of took that principle of getting really good at making things composite together really well to try to get my effects to look the same way in Photoshop where it might not look Photoshopped at all. Or I guess in camera, so most of these effects aren't I try to get it right in camera, I guess is what I'm saying here. Because uh, mm-hmm. after spending years of Photoshopping things, I'm going to say this and it sounds kind of crappy, but I got kind of tired of Photoshopping. <laughs> 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 and so I was like, I just want to get it right. 
in camera. I don't want to spend any time in Photoshop anymore. I just get really tired of being on my computer these days when I used to be able to do it for hours when I was younger. Um, I think that also plays into the social media game where I don't want to just be on social media too. It's like, I don't want to be on my devices in general. Mm. Um, But I do spend time on my images in Photoshop, but I, like you said, try to make it look like I don't. Um, Oh, you're really good at that. Sometimes I might open up the same photo for like two weeks straight and make the slightest adjustment (laughs) every day until I find that right spot. Mm. And then like once I get to that right spot, I might end up deleting it and then starting over that same day after spending two weeks on it and then getting it right after an hour of editing. (laughs) (laughs) After hating it for two weeks and then just restarting and then spending an hour on it, I might something better than I... I had all this time and I wish I knew why I could do that, but I don't. And it's the most frustrating thing because <laughs> I could go from loving a shoot the day I shot it to like hating it for the next two weeks until I find that special edit. And it might just be that I popped the contrast a little bit more than I was or a little less or something or bump the saturation a little bit more or kill it a little bit less. Or maybe my, my reds were just a little too red and I'd turn them down to just a little bit more of an orange or something, just a subtle, not going too hard, not taking things and moving something from one photo to another or like going, I used to do really intense skin retouching to the point where it didn't look like I retouched and I got tired of that. So I'm not doing very much skin retouching these days or, or what. And I like to basically just have to crop the photo if I have to and then put a little pop on it. Maybe that's contrast and saturation a little bit. And that might not be the contrast slider and the saturation slider in Photoshop, but it might be through a couple of other tools in there to get the contrast and saturation to pop more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, then it kind of comes to play. But then sometimes mm-hmm. I might, after a couple of times playing with it over a few days, click around and accidentally click the white balance to the wrong direction or something because I had my mouse in the wrong spot and the whole photo turns to purple or something weird because it was an accident and then it actually for me looks way cooler (laughs) than it did so all my colored full neon lights that i had out maybe were pink and blue and then by accidentally changing the white balance it goes from like a a red to purple or something that looks even better i don't know um it's hard to say with every single photo because i also shoot differently on every single shoot too sometimes it's natural light sometimes it's neon light sometimes it's my iphone flashlight it's it's all over the place. So I can't also say I edit consistently either because I don't. <laughs> I, I can't use a preset on any of my photos because the light might drastically change from one frame to another. And if I had it set like that on one, I click the next photo with that preset, it'll look like garbage. So when people ask me if I sell presets, absolutely not. Not anymore. <laughs> uh, Oh my gosh, I appreciate how blunt you are. You're just like saying it how it is. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Because I know that I can't even use presets on my own photos. So why would you want mine? <laughs> I think people would want to do workshops with you because they need to see your process. I mean, I think I that is something maybe, yeah. maybe one day I, I have thought about that. But oh, I would totally. I, take- I'm also so scatterbrained when I'm editing that I feel like I would be frustrating to watch. <laughs> Oh, you're just being uh, self-deprecating. I think personally, just even for me, and I know many people would agree with me, it would be interesting to see how you shoot, even in video form. But I know video isn't everybody's thing. I, I for sure right. I hate filming myself so much. But it is interesting 
having one-on-one sessions with people in real life, of course, where you mm-hmm. kind of follow them around and assist them or just pay them to show you what they are yeah. like photo shoot. I think it's cool. It's hard at the same time for me because whenever I've had someone, I have tried those a few times here and there, and then I, I end up getting too tactical. And I'm like, wait, slow down. None of this matters. What am I talking about? Let's just feel it out. Let's see what the light does. This and that. And like a lot of time, I just like try to get people to see light differently. And mm-hmm. that's, that's the thing. Because a lot of people can't. They just don't know how to see light until they're really taught. And yeah. Yeah, it's very important. Lighting for me is definitely my best friend in photography, no matter what I'm photographing, whether it's myself or my cats or just some landscape. It's important to cast the right light. And if you can't, you have to make it. Then you do that very well with natural light, natural light. So, um, yeah, it's definitely something I wish that every photographer knew right from the beginning, just to get a feel for lighting. Everybody has their own style, their own way of approaching it. But yeah, just understand what your relationship with lighting is and your best techniques for achieving the right kinds of lighting in your shots. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but you you don't just take portraits. You also take stunning travel photos, which I love very much. I was finding you. with them recently on your website. What tips do you have for travelers who want to make their pictures look unique, especially if they can't stay in one place for too long? Um, that's a great question. Uh because I never really thought my travel photos were all that great until recently <laughs> people started telling me otherwise. Um, and I don't post them a lot, but I now I should. Um, I travel a lot for work and I am in places for very short periods of time. And I sometimes don't know how I got the shots that I got <laughs> because I might have forgotten that I'd taken them because something's happened so fast. So I guess, the first thing I can say is, I mean, be ready to take photos if you're wanting to. Um, a lot of the times I might not want my camera around my neck while I'm traveling, especially if it's a really hectic gig or something like that, where we're in and out real fast for the job or something, or I'm only in New York for like 12 hours and then I'm flying to San Francisco the next day and I don't want to even have my camera out while I'm in New York, you know? <laughs> um, it, it's it's tough, but it, um I find that when I do carry my camera around, I slow down and I just kind of observe more. But obviously I'm slowing down enough, not slowing down all the way to like kill the day and not be aware of the time you might have. But I slow down enough just to kind of like, maybe it's like a take a deep breath, just look around where you're at. And then maybe you only have right here to take the photos to do it. And you can do that and then you move on. Um, And then... If you're me, you wait like four weeks before you even open that folder (laughs) and forgot that you took it. And then you're like, oh, wow, that was a really cloudy day in New York. And there was happened to be a sunburst that came through. And I don't remember this at all, but you stopped and did that. And I don't know. That's a really hard question for me because I never have really considered myself a travel photographer. Mm -hmm. Um, Anything I'm taking while I'm traveling is literally a snapshot. But then with the way my brain works, I always have to kind of turn it into an artsy-fartsy little piece. <laughs> um, and um, I don't know, to be honest. A lot of it, again, is just looking at the light. Um, Composition is always a thing, too. Um, I, I grew up in a very beautiful area where I had mountains and trees a lot. And I think that helped me learn with my composition and stuff maybe when I was younger, but I don't know. That's, that's a tough question for me with landscape. Cause it's not something I've ever really, really pursued. Um, 
I do occasionally here and there love to go out and photograph the stars, like astrophotography at, in the middle of the night. Uh, mm -hmm. But even then, that's just me going out and practicing because it's something I'm interested in, but not like fully pursuing. <laughs> um, and travel photography, a lot of the time, is just to remember the space that I was in at that time of my life. And I'm not trying to get an artsy, beautiful photo. I'm just trying to kind of document the moment. And then, of course, I always have to go and make it look like a fine art piece, <laughs> like I said. Yeah. No, I think that's very good advice it's, in general. Um, you saying that if you should take a deep breath, even if you're rushing somewhere. I think that's very good advice. I mean, that's really what I do with my photo shoots in general is to make myself try to slow down because I can go a little fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, I mean, I feel like even though you don't consider yourself a travel photographer, as I said, your photos are really great. So anyone who wants to you know, get out of their comfort zone, not necessarily maybe pursue a specific genre, but just try it out, but still take good pictures. It mm -hmm. Just, if, especially if you're rushing, use whatever you have in the moment, take a deep breath and take some pictures and keep composition in mind. So yeah. that's what you need, and really. I think at this point in my life, I've been taking photos for so long that by naturally shooting, I think it just comes out of me. I, I know that sounds silly, but I, I don't think about composition and stuff a lot of times while I'm while I'm shooting my travel photos, I'm just pointing and shooting um, and moving very fast. Well, that's instincts. It comes yeah, with you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Not to not to say that you can't get there either. Like if you just shoot a lot, you're eventually going to of course probably get better at it. I hope. Of that's course. the goal you would hope. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean the more you do it, the the more familiar you'll be with different tools and just yeah. it'll not yeah. come to you. Yeah. It's like yeah and I don't have, I literally don't have to think about it as much anymore. As long as my exposure is proper, I just have to click and I get it and then mm -hmm. I move on. Yeah. I'm like that with some parts of my photography as well. I don't even think yeah. about, yeah. Yeah. That comes with experience and it's awesome. It's something to look forward to if you're a beginner. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, I'm taking these photos just to remember the space where I was. A lot of it's not for anybody but myself. And mm -hmm. it, I have, a ton of travel photos that have never seen the light of day and they're just in my camera roll but they're there because i wanted to remember the moment and they might be some of my most beautiful photos but i've just never shared them because i haven't but yeah i don't know where i'm going with that but <laughs> oh i'd love to see them it's oh, so nice to know that uh, you have so many pictures that you haven't yeah, shared if you're looking at my website too i don't know i don't know how up to date my website is right now i think it's probably a couple years outdated with the travel stuff so I've been, I was literally living in New York at the beginning of the year for two months. So like I have a whole bunch of New York photos and stuff that are just living in my phone right now. Oh, very cool. That's awesome. Uh, but you also take film photos and mm -hmm. I've noticed that they're very sharp and they look a lot like digital pictures, which is very rare to see, at least for me personally. How do you keep your models in focus when you can't see the results instantly? And does this way of working affect the way you approach digital photography? Um, I'm... I'm not very good at film photos, I personally think. Um, I don't shoot film a lot. I, it's one of those that I kind of try to keep a film camera on me on every photo shoot and then try to remember to take a snap here and there on every shoot, but I forget all the time <laughs> uh, to pull that camera out or something like that. Uh, so a lot of the time, to be honest, if I'm shooting film, I might just set it to the same settings I had on my digital camera because I it's such an afterthought and I'm like, Oh, I need to, I need to practice with film more. So why don't I take a film shot? And then 
I don't develop the film for like two or three years and completely forget what's there. I have right now in my drawer here, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven point and shoot um, disposable camera that yeah. full from the last probably seven years uh, <laughs> that I have no idea what's on any of them. And a lot of what you saw on my website was just me getting a snap after I might've taken a whole digital shoot at the very end of the day kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I'm not good with film. There's been so many times where I've shot film and the role comes out too dark or anything like that. So I got myself to slow down and almost just like expose on my digital camera because you know it's right. And I know that's so not a good photography thing to say, but I don't care. <laughs> I, I am not a film photographer. It's just something I do on the side. And maybe one day I'll try to like be a little bit more risky with my film photos. But a lot of time I just wanted to see what a film shot would look like of the same photo that I was taking. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah. Uh, because obviously film has its look, it's, its color styles and all that kind of stuff. And, and I edit completely differently than film sometimes. Um, but sometimes I might also take a film photo and use that as my reference to edit the whole entire shoot if I had mm -hmm. developed the time. Um, and then that way you might not be able, even be able to tell if it is digital or film at all. But yeah, like I said, a lot of the time it is an afterthought. And I know that's very amateur of me to say, but it's just something that I like in the back of my mind, I, I am trying to learn film better and I am working on it, but it's also something I'm not like full on um, attacking right now. So it's, it's something that I just kind of do every once in a while. And I honestly don't think I've snapped a film photo in probably two years right now, just because I haven't shot a lot in the last two years of like portrait shoots and stuff like that, where I was out like in a field with somebody and remembering to shoot my film camera, take my film camera out and stuff. Like I haven't really been doing that in the last two years since I moved to LA. Uh, just because life's been busy and I've been on productions and stuff. Yeah, well, it's normal, though. And regardless, yeah. though, you have all these beautiful film photos on your website. I think it doesn't matter how, how many years you haven't taken film photos. Yeah, they're exactly. still there and they still exist. So. And that's something that's interesting with me, too, sometimes, is I might not post old work because I think it looks old when most people wouldn't even be able to tell the difference if I photographed today or 10 years ago. <laughs> and that's something I, I struggle with too is I can't post that it's not new and I'm like in the back of my mind going no one's gonna know because no one's seen this photo before <laughs> it's a weird game that I play with myself yeah I think a lot of people can relate to that I can definitely relate yeah. to it because for me too I go through my hard drive sometimes and uh, I don't have like hundreds of thousands of photographs in my archive but I do have quite a bit and I do sometimes find outtakes that I at the time, did not like it all, but now I'm like, ooh, nice. But then a part of me wonders if uh, it's too old or it's too late to post it. But I think it's never too late. I mean, your followers are going to appreciate it, and they just want to see more content, and especially those who really care about your work. So, yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, okay, so, Mike, my last question for you is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? Oh, I mean, I kind of I mentioned it a little bit ago. I would love to just be on some set photographing a monster or something i don't know um i'm in a very big transitional period right now where i'm reevaluating a lot so that's the question i'm probably asking myself every single day right now <laughs> um but yeah i the more i've been honing in on things as i've gotten older in the last few years i i've definitely found i i, I like doing what i like doing and right now it's definitely in the monsters and the making movies and are trying to help make the movies and uh, the process of 
that has always been something fascinating to me. And I'm thinking I'm starting to head in that direction. So that's kind of the answer with that, I think. Very cool. I'm very happy for you. And I'm glad you're heading in the direction that you've always dreamed of pursuing. So congratulations on that. And I can't wait to hear more updates. Uh, I really enjoyed our conversation. It was really inspiring. Yeah, this is fun. Yeah, it taught me a lot about your perspective on social media. And it showed me that it's important to take breaks and uh, try out new things. I'm more inspired than ever to try some uh, in-camera effects because I usually rely on Photoshop for that. So uh, yeah, it'll be fun to try out something new. My biggest tip, I I will give my biggest tip. Uh, You have access to any of that stuff in your home already to get the effects I have. Uh, A simple glass, a glass of water without water in it, of course, putting that in front of your lens and just messing with that a little bit. That's the biggest tip I can give. Okay, thank you. Clear glass, maybe have some backlighting or something like that behind your subject and you'll start to see what happens. Just put it right up on your lens and it doesn't have to be clear. Maybe make it a different color if you've got like a, a glass that's blue or something like that. You'll start to see. And that's my to give to the world out there. And that's kind of how I started doing what I'm doing now. It's just putting stuff in front of my lens and seeing what happens. Awesome. Thank you for that valuable advice. And thank you for your time. I'm sure that the listeners are uh, very empowered and inspired. And uh, I hope they go out and check your work. I'll leave all the links to your files. I'd be so appreciative of that. Thank you. Yes. You You deserve so many more followers. Okay. Thank you very much for your time, Mike. Talk soon. Thank you. Bye. The morning after this interview, I grabbed my camera and started taking pictures. Mike's passion for photography is very contagious, as you can tell. The tips he gave were really great and made a big difference in the photos that I took. All I did was hold a few random objects in my house in front of the lens. I partly covered the lens, and it created a really cool, vibrant foreground. Don't underestimate the power of a simple piece of advice, especially when it comes to professionals like Mike. I hope you learned a lot from him and that you're inspired to experiment with some cool new tricks of your own. Please give Mike some love on his socials and let us know what you think of the episode. See you next week. There's a simple reason why photographycourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.